Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm your host, Brad Stevens, here with the wildly wonderful and always true Dr. Timothy Lorito. Oh, wow. That's quite an intro right there. I wasn't yeah, ready for have, that. If we do, if we have the video coming up, the wildly <laughs> wonderfully always true Dr. Timothy Lorito. Well, it's that, take up like the whole screen. I feel like no, that's that's probably uh, more than should be said. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. How are you doing? Good. Have doing a good week? well. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, this week, I have been overflowing with my house is overflowing with baby clothes. Oh, baby on the way. At the moment. Yes. Yes. My wife is quite far along and yeah. going down this progressive road and it's kind of starting to get to me. It's like it's all about to get real, man. the little <laughs> clothes all over again and people starting to give things and it's like, wow, yeah. I don't know if I'm prepared or ready for this yet. You're not, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I tell people is I say like, my wife's expecting and I don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty much how it is right now. Yeah. That's uh, super exciting. Uh, yeah. A little unnerving. Absolutely. I think if you're not a little bit scared about the process. Oh, I'm terrified. Then and you don't really know terrified. what's coming. Like you are, feel the weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it is. It's now, crazy. A little little baby strawberry at the moment will be here somewhere around August thirty first. Oh, okay. So yeah. Daisha will be in full bloom. Comes <laughs> Texas summer. Oh, that's and that's not going to be fun at yeah, all. Yeah. So she's already fretting about Camp Penile that we go to up uh, north of Missouri, and it's outside hot all the time. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a process that will be uh, challenging, but uh, rewarding. That's super exciting and life-changing. So yeah, congratulations to you. So who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy, but I'm not worrying about that today or right now. We have our next question for the questions of faith. Today's question is, what is biblical contentment? Mm, Biblical contentment. Okay. So is it how to be content yeah i guess yeah i think that's the the true biblical definition Mm -hmm. of yeah what does it mean to be to be content yeah and how does that what does what does that look like from a scriptural perspective Uh, (laughs) this conversation is going to (laughs) hurt i just feel like this is not going to be a uh you're you're already discontent with our conversation (laughs) yes yes (laughs) that's funny yeah um you know i have to say I've, i've briefly heard it you know preached or taught about in a way but never really Mm. biblical contentment mm. so what that truly means mm. or what it should mean for me mm. and then um uh, that's going to be interesting yeah so this will yeah. be good this will be good oh, good well let's dive into this discussion about contentment you know uh Contentment is one of those things that... Um, People don't like. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with our cultural, you know, society putting a lot of pressure on us to be discontent uh, with, you know, always, you know, wanting to... Uh, better, 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 you know, pushing, pushing, um, you know, this... uh, uh, you know, kind of societal push uh, as, as you know, uh, culturally to uh, make us discontent with where we're at. Like, where we're at's never good enough. We've always got to have more, bigger, faster, uh, that type of stuff. It, that's a real thing in our culture, don't you You think? You see yeah, you kind of look down upon mm. and like you're lazy or whatever mm. if you're not trying to push forward to be better. And honestly, it comes down to a lot of money mm. and power mm-hmm. and position. And if you don't have that drive in you, you're kind of 
Mm-hmm. A nobody. Sure, sure, yeah. And so it's kind of pitted as, you know, contentment is this, uh, this it's not a virtue. Contentment is not a virtue. Uh, actually, discontent is a virtue mm. uh, from a secular yeah, culture absolutely. perspective. Discontent is the virtue that, um, you know, if you have that, then you uh, are, you know, it means... You're motivated, you're yeah, driven. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... I have a feeling that there's there's levels to this contentment, though, mm, within mm. our life, probably. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to look at it from a biblical perspective uh-huh. of seeing... What does it mean to be content, and how does that work out in our lives? And um, you know, uh, how does that interact with um, you know a, a desire to improve and a desire to you know better yourself? And you know, it, should we? Uh, how does those inner working play? And so, um, you know, the the big thing to point out though is that if we aren't careful, this discontent society that we live in can bleed over into our spiritual lives and into our, uh, you know, our church life and to the point where we're never content with, you know, the church or with, you know, spiritual leadership in our lives. Or causing problems. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, our fellow believers being discontent with them and that type of stuff, you know. Um, I never forget, I, I saw this, uh, this, this post on social media, which, you know, how that is, right? Uh, but it was talking about, somebody said, you know, I don't know why some people change churches. Uh, what difference does it make which church you don't go to oh yeah (laughs) this idea of the discontent with my church but i really don't go to church at all so what does it matter you know uh but but people are uh have this can have this this tendency to be discontent um you know with with the church with spiritual leadership with it's uh, easy to point fingers mm, yeah and see everyone's problems and how yeah and find faults mm-hmm. you know um because who doesn't have faults what church mm-hmm. you know doesn't have faults um there's no such thing as a perfect church or a perfect you know um group of believers uh and so uh this this discontent that is celebrated in the world's mindset you know can creep into a church culture uh, and to our uh, personal lives and to the point where we're discontent with uh, the, the spiritual life around us and the church world. And so the, the reason why a spirit of discontentment is such a big deal is because it controls our attitudes in a big way. Like, you know, if you're discontent with something, it it controls the way that you uh, perceive uh, other people, our attitudes towards. You know, if you're discontent with, um, you know, the, the church, it's going to impact your attitude towards church mm-hmm. um, or those type of things. And really, in this day and age we're living in of social media, social media has intensified the problem of discontentment because it offers a false barometer of reality, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, social media, you only see the best, you only see the glamorous, you only see uh, what is, um, you know, the ideal. Um, But a lot of times you don't get to see what is... The real life. Yeah, what is reality. And, um, you know, 
other people's spiritual lives look so much better than yours. Mm-hmm. Other people's, um, you know, situations in life look uh, so much better than what yours are. And so social media has a way of uh, giving us a false barometer of uh, what is reality and, and can cause us to be discontent with where we're uh, at with uh, what's going on around us and cause us to have, you know, um, wrong attitudes and wrong, um, you know, uh, perspective on all the blessings and all the benefits that we have in this life. And so just, you know, we talk about contentment before we talk about biblical contentment. I, I just want to bring us to a place where we're aware of how much our culture can and perhaps is driving us to be discontent like our our default setting if we're not careful can be discontentment and so before we we get to a biblical perspective just to be aware of like that my default if i'm not careful from a worldly perspective can be uh to be discontent see that in advertising Mm. all over there's always a new model every year every six months a new thing and that you have to have this now right trade in i'm I'm thinking vehicles sure sure but that goes all the way across the board yeah clothing anything yeah phones i mean i really felt that i felt that really here recently you know i have an older model phone and i was uh feeling discontent with that phone (laughs) um but it functions just fine it does the work. It does what I need it to do. Yeah. I don't really need a new model, but I was feeling that discontentment mm-hmm. with what I had in comparison to what other people had. And it was it was a moment where I realized, oh, I am mm-hmm. being programmed to be discontent. Yeah. We live it's, in a culture that's making you discontent. Yeah, and to recognize that that can even flow into our church life, our spiritual life uh, in, a, uh, in a way where... You know, we look at other places, other churches, other uh, Christians, and uh, we compare ourselves among ourselves. This idea of contentment uh, is is a really big idea and one that we, we first have to recognize how big of a deal discontentment is and to really feel that, I mean, we, we do feel it, but sometimes we don't put words to it or really recognize that discontentment is a really big deal and it impacts our spiritual life uh, and recognizing that how how much it does in a real way when you think about like the very first sin that was committed by humans was born out of discontentment. You know, mm-hmm. you think about mm-hmm. Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm-hmm. What drove them to take a seed planted was a seed of discontentment. 
that's what it was like this uh, i mean but there's you were owed more yeah there mm-hmm. you have all of this you know whole garden full of fruit full of blessings full of things to make you and up until that moment everything was okay yeah but just the idea of oh there's, there's something, something else more. that mm-hmm. i don't have brought about discontentment and eve and then of course adam follows in that 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 aspect of what they saw that they thought they could have, but God said, no, this is not for you. Be content with what you've got. Be content with what I made for you. But instead, they're uh, reaching for things that they were never designed and weren't supposed to have. And so, you know, sin, recognizing that, you know, that first sin being one of discontentment really shows how ingrained into our humanity this it's been there since the beginning <laughs> yeah this is not a newer mm-hmm. novel uh thing that we can you know that we struggle with and so it's just amazing how quickly we can dive into discontentment just how quickly we can say i don't have what i need or what i want you know i don't have enough money i don't have enough resources i don't have enough time this this discontentment with where i'm at and and if we're discontent with what god has given us really in essence what we're saying is um you know that i don't have enough and it's this idea of why would we expect god to give us more if we're not content with what we have why would he give us more to be discontent with that too? Uh-huh. You're not trusting in him and you're not you're basically saying that I'm a better king in my life. Mm. Let's go back this goes back to the idea of we're terrible kings. Mm, yeah. So you're you're pulling your faith from him and putting it in yourself of if I had this, then I would be okay. Sure. But then clearly, like you said, it's just a cycle of, well, then I need more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not content with what you already have why would you expect God to give you more things to be discontent with? Like you're already not uh, being satisfied with what God has given you now. It's an endless appetite. Yeah. It's like a fire. It, it is, yeah. It's a consuming thing that uh, really uh, is to our detriment. And so uh, you, you and I, if we want to be blessed, the first thing we got to do is recognize that we are blessed and to live contentment in contentment with what we are blessed in mm. in order that we can be blessed more and and be uh in you know living out in that blessing but to expect god to give us more simply that we can be discontent with why would god do that god wouldn't do that mm. because it's not a blessing in our life in that moment it's actually hurting us uh to uh to have more to be content discontent with does that make sense you understand that? yeah it does it's 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 funny though because mm. it's like it's almost a, you got to reverse engineer it mm. mm-hmm. and be content with what you have but you shouldn't play the game of god i'm content okay give me more i mean that's <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's yeah. a yeah that's a false contentment yeah, right? you got bigger problems there yeah so this idea of contentment really isn't about what we have or don't have but it's about our internal position before god so we're thinking about contentment from a biblical perspective. It really has very, very little to do with what we have uh, or what's in our you know, present proximity. But so material things. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it actually has more to do with our position before God, like a, a position of contentment, uh, having that as a, a posture that we live in is uh, can be true regardless of what we have or don't have. And we'll, we're going to look at that uh, here in, in Probably a Probably I have a feeling it spills over into yes, that yes. if you get the first thing right. Yes, if you get the posture and the uh, position of contentment right, it will play itself out in the material world. But you can't seek to try to have that material world to feel that contentment uh, or to satisfy any discontentment. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so recognizing that contentment first comes from our position in God, that our position in God is the thing that uh, enables us to be content uh, is really important, uh, a basis point for understanding biblical contentment. Uh, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews uh, says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's pointing out this, you know, this material thing, keep your, your life free from that, that love, from that desire, from that uh, seeking contentment in those material things, uh, but instead be content with where you're at, recognizing that God is with you. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Like, so the contentment comes not from the external uh, putting your contentment in money or material things, but your contentment comes from recognizing your position in God and that God is ever present with you and promise that He'd never leave you or forsake you. Does that does that make sense? You understand that? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. And so this discontentment comes a, a lot of times. Discontent, really, every time discontentment comes from looking horizontally instead of vertically and looking for, for my contentment and things that are material or carnal or, um, you know, things that are, um, it's definitely self. easier to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that idea of looking horizontally versus vertically, but when you look vertically, then your horizontal view then changes. That's what sure. you're getting at. Yeah. 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 And so basically what I'm trying to point out is that biblical contentment can't be found vertically. It can't be found um, based upon any material things or, uh, you know, in comparing myself among myself to mm-hmm. my brother or sister. But it, contentment, biblical contentment, has to begin with uh, a, a starting point of my position in Christ and getting that right. Um, and then that will have a, a natural outflow towards the vertical and being content with my brother and sister in Christ mm-hmm. and being pres- content with, uh, you know, where I am, um, you know, in this world and what God has, um, you know, the material things that I have. And so to answer this question, um, I really wanted to take us to a familiar passage of Scripture and hopefully give us some things to consider um, in thinking about biblical contentment. So let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, and this is Paul uh, writing to uh, a group of believers in Philippi. He's writing to them from prison, 
uh, for way of context, and he he tells them, he says, this is the end of the, the book, or the letter that he's writing to them, and he says, not that I speak uh, from being in need, so he wants them to know what I'm about to tell you, I'm not telling you from a position of needing something from you, or uh, from a position of uh, that I lacking something. He says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Okay, so he's saying, what I'm about to talk to you about, um, don't don't take this as me being needy, uh, because I've learned in whatever position I've found myself in to be content. And he says, I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound, and in every uh, circumstance I have learned the secret of having plenty and hunger, abundance and need, and then he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Okay, so that verse kind of gets misused a little bit. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> one of the mis the most misquoted scriptures uh, in all of the Bible. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it within context and help mm-hmm. understand the true power that's in that verse. Uh, that what it really means. But so when thinking about contentment, a lot of times people assume that in order to be content, I have to be free from problems. That. Um, the reason why I'm discontent is because I've got problems. Mm. But and if I live in a perfect world, I'd be content. Yes, yes. If things around me were were ideal or were the way that I'd like them to be, then I could have contentment. And but Paul is really pointing out the fact that contentment is again not based upon external situations or circumstances, but it's an internal positioning before God and. Paul is writing from prison where things for him are obviously less than ideal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're, this is not the position that he'd like to be in. Uh, he can't go and do all that he'd like to do. He's, he is, he's not free uh, in this situation. He has restrictions. Things can't be like he'd like them to it's be. It's the worst possible scenario, honestly. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways for him it is, and it's a restricting moment. Mm-hmm. He is a prisoner to the situations that are going on around him, both in a real sense, he is in prison, but in a... And, it, and by discontent culture, mm-hmm. he's got every reason to complain. Oh, and yeah. talk bad about his situation. Sure. And how things could be better. And Yeah, the, and you think the only reason he is in prison is because he's doing things for God, right? Yeah. It's not even so like the, he's done something wrong to get him in this position. And uh, so, you know, he would, you would think, have every reason to be discontent with this situation. I'm doing everything God's asked me to do. I'm being obedient to him, following after him, and all it's gotten me is prison and, you know, hardship and restricting me, not allowing me to do uh, good things, you know? And mm-hmm. so... um so he he's 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 in this bad situation, quote unquote bad situation, but he's he's telling them, I am not in a position of need right now. That it's I very clear up front. Yeah. Very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he's not in a position of need, even though it would appear that he is from a physical perspective, it would appear that he's in a position of need, but he's really not. Um because he he is he's got his horizontal relationship right, 
And so he's not in a position of need. He's vertical. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, vertical, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so um, he's not he's not needy at all when he's talking about this. You ever met a needy person? <laughs> That's a whole other rabbit trail, right? Um, but the reason why Paul wasn't needy uh, was uh, that he had learned the power of being content in a sovereign God, that God had allowed this to take place. God had allowed him to be in prison and that his contentment could be found in the fact that God had and had allowed this to take place and that although it wasn't his ideal and it wasn't what he would have preferred, his contentment was found in the fact that this was what God had allowed for him to go through and be a part of in this moment. And so he could, uh, he could rest in the sovereignty of God in that moment and not need uh, anything else externally from that or for that. Does that make sense? You understand mm-hmm. that? It does. And I, I would say, though, does, so does this— let me ask the question, is this only, though, for the Christian that's mm. living a good life for the Lord mm-hmm. and not for someone who's maybe put themselves in a bad situation? Oh, yeah. So where's the the line that crosses between mm. God putting you somewhere and you putting yourself somewhere that's in a bad Okay, yeah. So, I mean, obviously there are consequences to decisions, mm-hmm. right? And so we should not expect God to bail us out of consequences. That due, are our own doing. Don't that, blame God for your... Right, choices. sure. Okay. Uh, but even in that, to recognize that you know God is merciful, and that um, as we as we you know get our relationship with Him right, and you know repent of our wrongdoings and sins or things that have caused us uh, to you know be in a wrong relationship with Him, that we can find contentment even in dealing with the consequences of our own, of our own actions. Okay. Right? Because, yeah, we have made mistakes, and we have to deal with the consequences of those. But if we get the relationship right with God, although the consequences are still there, the contentment can still be there. Does that make mm, sense? It does. It yeah. does. And that hopefully helps someone today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that worries about their bad choices that they've mm, done and the consequences that they've still holding on to. Sure. And you can be content in knowing that God's working it out. Right, yeah, and that his mercy endureth through those things and that um, he loves us in the midst of our faults and failures and because we've all we've all made those mistakes and have to live with, you know, consequences, uh, you know, of course to varying degrees of consequences, but that uh, when that happens to get our relationship right with God first, and then in doing so, we can find contentment in the fact that even though I have to deal with these consequences, uh, that I can rest in knowing that my relationship with mm-hmm. him is is right. And okay. so, um, so while Paul obviously is not excited to be in jail, you know, in prison, he's not like, yay, this is the best day ever, right? Uh, he could have contentment because... He recognized that the prison had no control over contentment. In other words, the prison wasn't the thing that gave him contentment or discontentment, but it was his uh, position in Christ that brought the contentment. And so whether he's in jail or he's not in jail, that's not the factor for contentment. 
And so I think that's a really big thing to point out is a lot of times we place contentment based upon external positions, you know, whether things are going right for me or wrong for me, that's the basis for my contentment. And if that's the basis for our contentment, we're always going to be in flux. Mm -hmm. We're always going to be in flux whether we're content or not because things around us are going to change and do change constantly, uh, and that will make our contentment uh, change constantly. And really what it does is when we have contentment, when when we put our contentment in external things, when those things go wrong, it reveals how much of my contentment was in those things. Mm-hmm. You know, right? when things don't go my way, or the things that a way that I thought they should, or when things go bad, if my contentment was in those things, it's revealed how when, little your contentment is within your standing with Christ. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a pretty or good I- indicator for. The fact that, you know what, the reason why I'm discontent with this situation right now is because I had put uh, my my contentment in that instead of putting it in Christ. Uh, and um, it, it really is a revealer of how much, how much of my uh, contentment I want to put in things of this world instead of putting them back in Christ. And so when you feel those discontenting moments of things around us, it's it's a it's a it's it's an opportunity for the spirit to awaken us to the fact that oh, I may be putting a lot of my contentment in things that are uh, material or things of this world that uh, are shifting and can shift. So, real quickly, want to say what contentment is not. Okay, so contentment is not complacency. It's not this um, moment where I just lay back and you know whatever will be will be. Uh, Paul is not doing that. You know, Paul is active in doing what he can. Uh, he's writing from prison. In fact, uh, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament if Paul wasn't in prison, right? And so for us, we can be really thankful that Paul was in prison. Like for us, that is a huge blessing that Paul was in a place that for him in the moment, if he would have had a discontent perspective, mm-hmm. if he, he would have been discontent with where he was at, um, he would not have continued to work for God and do what he could in that moment. And what he could, the only thing he could do in that moment was right. Was right. But Man. thank God uh-huh. that he, in that moment, was not discontent. It's so easy for me to get deflated mm-hmm. when my situations around me are not what I would ideally mm-hmm. want them to be. And mm-hmm. it's easy to get deflated. And, and shut down, and, and, right? And yes, exactly. Yeah, that's and, and that's to, how I work. Yeah, yeah. And and, so, and to have that shut down moment where, okay, if things aren't the way that I'd like them to be, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> kind of moment, right? And, and it is easy to get to that, but to recognize that that I'm putting my contentment in things that are not of God or not, or not spiritual, uh, not my position with Him, 
and to recognize that even though things may not be ideal or the way that I'd like them, doesn't mean that I can't still do something mm-hmm. uh, for God um, because my relationship with Him is... Probably is be right. intentional that in this situation, look for what you can mm. do and not worry about what you can't. Sure, sure. And so mm. not this complacent, uh, you know, this complacent attitude mm-hmm. that says, well, if things aren't ideal, then I'm just going to not do anything at all. Mm. Uh, and and instead have this, you know, okay, things are different than the way that I'd like them to be, but God allowed this to take place. And since God allowed it to take place, I need to, uh, you know, still continue to serve Him and follow Him and be as productive as I can with what I can, you know, in this moment. And so not a complacent or uh, also not a callousness to uh, you know, say, well, uh, I'm going to become bitter or hard uh, in my spirit uh, because things aren't the way that I'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't be content mm-hmm. in that in that framework, and so a callousness of, uh, well, things aren't the way that I'd like them to be, and so um, turning that towards God in anger or frustration towards God for allowing, um, you know, situations that uh, are not the way that I'd like them to be. Well, I think that could be very easy to slip into, especially when other people have done things to you that's mm. maybe out of your control mm-hmm. and that yeah. are not good. Sure. It's easy to get very angry, very yeah. frustrated mm-hmm. at the position that you're now put in by someone else that you maybe love and are close to. Sure, sure. And even turn that towards God, that uh, anger and bitterness and callousness towards God. Um, And, you know, I think of the story of Joseph, you know, where he was, um, you know, done wrong. a lot of places to be discontent. Yeah, and done very wrong by many people. Uh, and even family <laughs> did over and wrong. over again. Yeah, and, and it was bad for a long time. Yeah, most years, years, a lot of his life. Yeah, was yeah, very, very sure, terrible. Yeah, and one of the profound things about Joseph, you know, is he comes to this moment where he recognizes that yes, his brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that the process that God had allowed him to go through was the people that put him in that position, their motives were evil. Their motives were wrong. But actually, the, that God was doing something good, even in the midst of people's motives being evil or, or trying to harm him, that God was still doing something um, I mean, I'm sure there's times he couldn't see that, didn't recognize that, but he, at the end, he came to that moment of recognizing what Paul told to the Romans. He said that God, you know, he works all things together for our good. And so Paul came to that realization too, you know, through all the things he went through. I mean, you look at all the things that Paul faced, uh, you know, uh, persecution, uh, hardship, uh, beatings, you know, I mean, a lot of things where people came against him uh, with ill intent Mm -hmm. to harm him. And even friends, you know, I mean, you look at different times where people forsook him and left him, people that he counted on. Um, But to recognize that God was sovereign over those things and was working them to 
uh, for his good and working them uh, like Joseph. Uh, God had a plan and a purpose for that. And our job is to keep our contentment in God and those things and let him be the one who works the good, right? Mm -hmm. And to uh, not be the one who is uh, allowing themselves to become bitter or a- angry uh, because of that. And so really what it what it comes down to, contentment, biblical contentment, comes down to a recognizing fact that I have enough in God. That if I don't have things around me as though the, thing, the way that I'd like them to be, if I have God, I have enough. And really, contentment comes to a place in recognizing that I have enough in God, regardless of external situations or circumstances. And so, to be satisfied in the fact that God is the ruler of my life, sovereign over my life, and that that He is in control, and that in Him I have all that I need— I may not have all that I want, mm-hmm. or things not may not be all that I would want them to be. But really, when I am discontent, I'm essentially saying to God, "You haven't given me enough. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need more than what you've given me." And that's really a pretty audacious statement to say that God hasn't given me what I need, mm-hmm. and He hasn't given me enough. When in fact he's giving you everything that you need, in uh, you know he's given you the most important thing that you need in uh, a right relationship with him, and in his sending his son, Jesus. So is it is it okay to have those thoughts and those mm. feelings? I mean, we can't remove ourselves from our human sure, nature, but sure. really, I guess it's when you dwell on that, and mm. that becomes maybe your reason for being discontent. Mm. Yeah. So I mean. Is that it? I guess going back to saying, if I had these things, then I would be content. That's where your breakdown comes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you know, there's again nothing wrong with uh, you know wanting more necessarily or desiring uh, things to be different than what they are. But a content position is to recognize that in this moment they aren't that way. And so to be satisfied in God and, and our relationship with in my relationship with him and keeping that as the source of my contentment, regardless of whether things uh, turn for the better or maybe they get worse yeah. in that situation. And and because that's a possibility. But my contentment not resting in the uh, the waves of those uh, uncertain external uh, moments, but resting in the firm foundation that is my relationship with God, that doesn't have to change and won't change um, and based upon external circumstances unless I allow that to take place. It, it, it is firm in Him. And so I, I think one thing that maybe will help us is when we look at this passage, uh, Philippians, Paul, he twice in this short little passage, he says, uh, he uses the word learned to talk about contentment. He said, I've learned contentment. And I think this might go back to what you were talking about. 
uh, as far as, you know, a lot of times we have these emotional responses or these um, feelings of discontentment. And Paul is saying, I've, I've learned how to be content in situations that are not as I would like them to be. And that process of learning, I think, is one that is something that, for a lot of Christians, they don't want that to go down the process of learning contentment. It feels a whole lot better to, uh, to allow my flesh to rise up and be discontent than to go to the school of contentment and to, to learn how to be content in my relationship with God, even when things around me aren't the way that I'd like them to be. And uh, to, you know, he says in this passage, he talks about, he said, I learned uh, how to be brought low or uh, to be, really the idea is embarrassed. Uh, I've learned how to be uh, embarrassed for God, you know, thinking of, you know, his his beatings and his, you know, times where he was, um, you know, uh, mocked for his following. Publicly. Yeah, for his uh, stand for Christ. And then he says, I know how to abound or to be thought of as this great um, apostle. Uh, I, I've learned how to be in both of those situations when everybody's patting me on the back and and everybody's backstabbing you literally yeah 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 in his case literally you know beating me uh he said i've learned in both states how to be content to recognize that when people are coming against me that that does not impact my relationship and my standing with god and that when everybody's telling me that I'm something on a stick and that I'm pretty awesome, that... It's going to swing the other way eventually. Yeah, and that, that too, doesn't change my position in Christ. Like, it doesn't make me, uh, you know, it doesn't make God love me more when um, everybody thinks I'm awesome or when people don't think I'm awesome, you know, uh, to be content in both of those. And, and so he's, he's, he's... Also, he talks about uh, learning... Uh, this this he says i've learned the secret i think that's interesting wording he says i learned the secret of having plenty and being hungry and so being content um in my current position of i have abundance of physical supplies all that i could possibly want physically uh being content in that and I've also learned to be content when I don't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really honestly, just frankly, from a Western perspective, we don't understand that, do we? No. I mean, if we don't have the name brand, we're, we're hungry because we need, we got to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and this is, this is uh, something that may be, be silly, but like, even something so simple as, uh, you know, something that, you know, there's two options. They're both fine, but one isn't the way that I'd like. You know, it's not the name brand or it's not the, uh, you know, the, the best version of it. And so since I can't have that, I'm discontent. And so, like, so far on the scale of not understanding how to be content at all, when you have, you know, people in foreign countries or, you know, some even in our country who don't even have a meal, you know. And so um, to be content 
um, with um, things being physically not having enough. You know, um, he uses food as an example, but but we could use you know other examples. Not you know money financially. You know, um, everybody's content with the raise, right? Yeah. But who's content with losing the job? Mm. Right. I mean, th- that that quickly reveals that our contentment might be in the job. Oh wow! Right. Mm. Um, or content with. You know, everybody's content with the new car, um, but to be dis, and then they might be discontent if they uh, have to have a, a lesser car or perhaps no car. And so, this idea, uh, he goes on and talks about abundance and need. What he's trying to do is contrast this idea of that contentment in God isn't based upon these, uh, the wide variety of circumstances that I could face in this life. Whether I have all I uh, all these external things, or whether I have none of them, does not impact my uh, contentment because my contentment was never in any of those things to begin with. Uh, but rather, it was I learned. He said, "I learned to put my contentment mm-hmm. in God and in my relational position with Him." So for me, um, that word "learned" sticks out greatly mm-hmm. in the sense of it's something that he had to be intentional about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then I need to be intentional in these good and bad times to make sure always point it back up to vertical. My horizontal situation isn't what matters. Mm -hmm. It's the vertical. But if I'm not going to be intentional about it, I mean, people can learn lessons the hard way, Sure, but it's a whole lot easier when you're the one forcing yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. putting yourself in a position to learn something. Mm -hmm, Yeah, And so I need to be learning Mm -hmm. to be content vertically in Christ. Yeah. which will then help me horizontally. And, and and I know we've talked about this in a previous podcast about spiritual disciplines, but that's one of the things that spiritual disciplines does is it it's the it's the school of learning. Mm. The, the spiritual disciplines are the school of learning and it strengthens that con- contentment in Christ. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And so uh you know this idea of contentment being satisfied in God and spiritual disciplines, shutting out, uh, you know, um, physical things in order to to re-emphasize uh, and refocus on that spiritual part of who we are, uh, really being a formative thing and helping us to learn that process of contentment. And and two, I, I like the idea of he uses that learning. It, to me, it helps understand that there probably wasn't this wasn't a perfect. Uh, process of learning, like this this idea of learning comes some you know failure, some uh, recognizing, oh, I had my contentment in that thing, and learning mm, that's painful when I lose that uh, and, and I become discontent because I, I lost something that I had put contentment in. Like that process of learning uh, it signifies sometimes where we don't get it right and uh we 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 mess up in that learning process but but not not um saying okay well since i didn't get it right this time i'm not going to keep no 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 because if you keep doing that your 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 contentment is always going to be off but to recognize aware. yeah that mm-hmm. uh when when i uh have recognized oh i am discontent because i'm putting my contentment in something of this world to 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 learn 
how to get that back in into focus of putting it back in to a relationship with God. Uh, Paul told Timothy, he said, but he said, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these things be content. It strips it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bare bones. You got food and clothing. You're good. Be be content. Uh, and and he and says, even in that, yeah. I've learned to be content with less food. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and so he, he just recognizing that that there is great. He, he uses great gain. There's great. Uh, there's great power in this. Uh, uh, recognizing that. That my contentment resting in God um, is the thing that's going to last eternally, and you know, He points us out. So we brought nothing to this world; we're taking nothing with us. So why are we putting all our contentment in things that are temporary, or things that um, you know are really trivial? I mean, if we're honest, a lot of times they're very trivial. Um, they're, they're things that are, um, really don't satisfy anyways. They're empty wells. And so putting my contentment in those things really harms me and, and doesn't allow me to, uh, to have that relationship where it needs to be. So one of the ways to really uh, destroy uh, a spirit of discontentment in our lives is to be grateful and to be mm-hmm. thankful for uh, what God has done for us, for the blessings that we have in this life. Paul, uh, ending this this section here on uh, contentment, he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And, you know, there's probably no other scripture that has been so ripped out of context in all of scripture as this one has. But uh, so Paul is not saying, um, hey, you can do whatever you want. You know, he's, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Well, that must mean that I can do whatever I want. Uh, and that's not what it means. And he's not saying that, that God can help you do whatever you want. That's not, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever comes to my mind, whatever I think is a good idea, God's going to help me do that. That's mm-hmm. how a lot of times yeah. that verse is framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think of something that you want to do and, and God can help you do whatever you want to do. You know, and that's not what it's talking about at all. But if you understand it in context, what he's saying is that no matter my present circumstances, uh, whether they're good or bad, I can be content in Christ and he gives me the strength to be content mm. when my fleshly carnal nature would want to be discontent and when things aren't the way that I'd like them to be I can I continue to be content in Christ because he's the one that gives me the strength enabling me to be content and to um to live in a state of being satisfied in him and 
He strengthens me to continue to be satisfied in Him when things all around me would want me to be dissatisfied with my present state. But I can be satisfied in Christ regardless of my circumstance because He strengthens me in moments where I would want to be discontent with my present circumstances or situations. That's not the easy thing to say, Mm. but in the long run, that's the better thing for us. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to say, Christ is going to strengthen me to be content here. It's easy to say, Christ is going to give me strength to get through this, Mm. and I'm going to fix this problem and do these things and going to get better. But in the long run, though, you're just going back to that circle of being discontent for what you've been given and being prideful. But And two, you know, there's a lot of situations in life that we can't fix or can't change. Um, so know, then you just get frustrated with yourself. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and in, with God and in Paul's mm-hmm. current context of being in prison, I mean, he could not change that situation mm-hmm. at all. But what he could allow was the Spirit of God to strengthen him to be continue to be content, even in a context that he couldn't control and he couldn't change, uh, and wasn't what he'd like it to be. But understanding that that God and his sovereignty had allowed that to take place. He said, what I can do is to continue to be content. I may not be able to do a lot of things, but what I can do is continue to allow the Spirit of God to strengthen me to be content in this current situation that I'm facing or that I'm going through. And um, so, So contentment is not this you know, laying back, kind of complacent, uh, you know, this excuse to be complacent, but it's a supernatural confidence in the fact that God is going to strengthen me by His Spirit to keep my contentment in Him in a, in a situation that would seek to try to make me discontent. Does that make sense? You understand that? So so contentment is really, it's a supernatural satisfaction in the sovereignty of God. That's what biblical contentment is. It's this supernatural, so this isn't originating from within me, um, but it's something that the Spirit of God is doing within me. It's the supernatural satisfaction of the sovereignty that that God has allowed this to take place. God has allowed these circumstances, uh, and that He will work them for my good. Um, and so I put my contentment, my my trust, my confidence in Him. And in every situation, but especially in the extremes of life, you know, that's really what Paul is doing in this context. Is he's pointing out the extremes of life, the you know, um, you know, having everything or having nothing. You know, he's he's pointing out that even in these extremes of life, when uh, we have you know real deep problems or situations relationally or conflict or um, you know questions that we don't have answers to, to recognize that um, my uh, position in God has not changed, even in the extremes of life and that to be satisfied and he doesn't view you differently either mm, exactly exactly yeah um and that to even though these external situations uh could cause me in my flesh to be discontent with where i'm at learning to be satisfied in him 
and learning to gain my strength from him to enable me to continue to be content uh, with where I'm at, whether good or bad, uh, to continue in this present moment to uh, put my contentment in him. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and write a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern-day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.